Our text this morning, as I said, comes from that Old Testament reading in Ecclesiastes 5. Uh, just one verse, verse 19, if you would review with me. It says, everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. And this is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I, I would imagine that all of you uh, who have ever watched a movie or a TV show that has police in it, uh, maybe you'll remember that when they're looking for motive for some crime that they don't get, there's always the same three things that they come with. Uh, all the crimes, they say, are, um, uh, what you say, instigated by uh, the desire for money or power or, or, or lust. Those are the three things that always seem to be on the mind of the police. That's what they're looking for. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you give that any thought at all, you'll probably notice that the, the, the desire for money and power and lust, those things are not instigating uh, love or joy or hope. <laughs> They're coming with crimes. Uh, and um, this is a, a difficulty. Uh, uh, Solomon is noticing uh, relationships like that. And, and so you get this book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of that, but Solomon wrote this book. Uh, Ecclesiastes is a convoluted word for teacher. <laughs> I don't know how those two are connected because I can never figure it out, but uh, that's what I'm told that means. And Solomon is the teacher. He's supposed to be the wisest that has ever lived uh, from beginning to end. That's what God told me he would have. And of course, he was wealthy beyond comprehension and he had... Uh, power over a very large region, certainly the largest region that Israel ever ruled, uh, and, and that's his history. And yet he writes this stuff in his unmatched wisdom. Uh, with that wisdom, which nobody else has, uh, he has wealth beyond measure, except if you listen to his words, you don't find any happiness in it. Um, he, he seems to have uh, uh, power over, as I said, over this enormous territory, but he does it without any hope attached. And, uh, and then, uh, my favorite part is he has these 10,000 women attached to him somehow, uh, which I don't see any possibility of joy in that because I have trouble with one even, but... Uh, I think you'd all agree that that is a difficulty. So if you have 10,000 wives and concubines, there's going to be trouble and not love. So, I mean, that's his life. Everything he built, uh, if you listen to the words here, you can hear what he's talking about. Uh, he, he built all this stuff. He put all this stuff together. And uh, in the end, uh, he didn't get to take any, anything with him into heaven, and he gave all of his stuff, turned it over to his son, who turned it into trash very quickly uh, and destroyed the kingdom and, you know, was a bad problem. Uh, he, he was uh, not impressed with what was about to happen. I think he understood that it was coming because he says that happens to everybody. You pass this stuff off to your family and it's gone because they didn't earn it and it doesn't mean anything and it's gone. Uh, you've probably even seen that to some extent. 
foolishness will get you there. And he calls all of this vanity. Or, or uh, a usual, uh, when we think of vanity, it's not, not like you think your wonderfulness, but uh, vanity actually means emptiness. Uh, it's meaningless. Uh, doing all this toil and seeking and working and all that stuff, is, he says it's empty. It doesn't go anywhere. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, seeking after the wind. Now, uh, we look out on the world at people that have many gifts of sorts, like Solomon's, and uh, we wonder what it's like you know, to be a billionaire. What was that like, you think? I, I'm sure you've all wondered about that from time to time. Or to being very, very smart about one thing or another. You could be an Einstein. Of course, everybody hated that guy, so I'm not sure how that works out. Uh, uh, Billionaires are not anybody's favorite people either, generally speaking. And, and, you know, it just sort of goes on like that. Even if you wonder in your mind about how that is and what it would be like, well, you know, when you start getting answers, you probably aren't going to like them very much. Um, it, it's, it's mostly obvious that money and influence and skill, in the end, are not particularly helpful if you're just trying to be happy. Because uh, those folks say, oh, you seem to be struggling with something, just like we do. Um, Solomon says it's not so much helpful. And he would know because he had all this stuff in, uh, in huge amounts. Uh, there, are, there are only different concerns, basically, is what he's selling you. Because, you know, if, 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 you, uh, if you have great wealth, then you have to spend a lot of time uh, paying somebody to help you keep it. <laughs> And, and, and you worry about it, your wealth and, and your buildings and your, uh, your families and, uh, you know, what's your kids going to do with it and all that stuff is on your mind. He says uh, wealthy people are sleepless people, which I'm willing to try. If anybody wants to pitch in, uh, you know, I know that's not going to happen because you guys are smarter than me, but that's okay. All right, so if you thought through these things that you might find love or hope or joy there, uh, Solomon says, no, it's not going to happen. It's, it's toiling after wind. Those things don't come from there, which is kind of hopeless. Uh, and, and a lot of people are hopeless. <laughs> they, they try and they try and they try to get these things, and, and they, all they do is find more trouble. I imagine you know people like that too. Solomon says that's not where joy is found. That was really the hard way to get that, J.D. Okay. <laughs> but that's okay, too. All right, so if you have any of it, if you have any of that wealth or power or, or uh, I, I, anybody here have 10,000 concubines? I can see you doing that, Tony. Yeah. One, okay, well, you know, if you're a coward, that's the way it goes. Okay, so uh, I'm with you, though. I, I don't think so. But if you had any of it, uh, what, what happens is you sin and desire, that, that you miss out on all the things that the Solomon says you actually would be happy with. Uh, joy is a nice thing, and hope is a wonderful thing, and uh, uh, love uh, also, and, and none of them are there. And if you're looking for them there, you're just going to be disappointed. Yes, Solomon had everything anybody could ever want, 
But in his wisdom, he saw clearly the vanity of seeking temporal things to bring hope or joy. Just he said it doesn't happen that way. That really doesn't mean, well, I should say he doesn't ever say that there is no such thing as hope or joy, just that you can't get them that way. Um, if anything, I would suppose you'd have to say that uh, in his opinion, it may well be that those things are a hindrance to finding joy because you get attached to them and keeping them and, uh, uh, and seeking after them and, and it actually is distracting. Um, which is hard. I mean, it's almost backwards from the way we think these days. I would suppose... Uh, if you look for what brings peace, if you look, look at what he says in 13 and 14, there, there's a grievous evil, that's what he calls it, that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his harm, to, to his hurt. I got a paper clip in the way. Uh, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. So, you know, you get it, you try to keep it, you lose it anyway. Uh, or, or he's a father of a son and he has nothing in his hand because it's all going to go as soon as you're gone to whoever the son is. And uh, you, you, you come naked and you go back naked and that's just the way of it. Uh, it's in the way. It causes worry. It's difficulty and it, and it gets you nothing. It's hard even just to keep those things. But it, he says just as clearly that it's God that grants you joy. If you have any joy, it's God that granted you joy because every, everybody works. Everybody toils. Everybody struggles. Everybody suffers. Everybody has those things. But if there is any joy, it's a gift of God. Now, it may come in love or perhaps contentment, but uh, certainly there is hope if God grants these things. It's God who offers peace that passes all understanding. I know you've heard those words before. Uh, it's not even understandable how he does this, but he can give you peace in, in the hurricane. And some people look on that and wonder what's wrong with you. But that's what he does. It's God who, uh, out of his own love for you, offers his son in sacrifice so that you uh, can escape death and, um, and the curse of, of sin. That's a gift of God. All those Old Testament saints, you can start with Adam or Seth or Noah, or Abraham, or David, or even Solomon, you can, uh, they're all looking forward to Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 11 talks like that. They're all looking forward to the promise that God has given them for eternal life in Christ. That's what they're waiting for. Uh, and and uh, unless you missed it, you will have noticed that all of those guys are sinners just like you. They all did stupid things and caused themselves problems and they all worked too hard and they all did crazy stuff and they're not any different. And they looked to Christ, which you have in your hand. He is your faith. He is your life. He is your salvation. He is your forgiveness. He is your eternal resurrection already in hand. They were looking forward to it and you have it. That's your love. That's your peace. That's your joy. And more than everything else, that's your eternal life. And they're all gifts of God. They're not found in your toil. They're not found in your hopes on earth. It's, it's none of it there. Everything that you have that is good, that brings joy, is in Christ. 
and the things that God has granted you. And, and yes, the joy of toil even, because you have to do that. Uh, and, and God says that you can toil in joy. That's an earthly gift, I suppose, but it's only an earthly gift in the sense that God gives it while you're still here. <laughs> uh, and that all of that hope is resting in Christ. I, I was thinking about, uh, as, as I was thinking about that particular notion, that, that everybody works. Uh, it's the sort of thing you kind of have to do if you want to eat anything. Uh, uh, it's, you know, just what happens. But I was wondering about having babies. Now, see, this is a thing that I, I have witnessed, but I have not actually done myself. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm a little <laughs> confused about how the thing works. But I, I look at the anguish and the pain and the uncomfortable life for nine months or so, and, and I look at that baby come out, and then I say uh, to myself, wait a minute, why would you do that again? Because, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, a, 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 most women, or at least a lot of women, after they have that one baby, they, they have another one. It's, it's like they totally forgot <laughs> what, what that was like, and it's like it didn't matter or something, and I don't know how that's even possible because I remember the pain and I didn't even do it. Um, of course, maybe it was the names I was called that made that memorable. I don't know. But, but see, Solomon says this really weird thing in verse 20 that you, you, you don't remember the days of your life because God keeps you occupied with joy in your heart. So I'm thinking that that's what happens. So the, the babies, they give you joy when they're not making you pull out the rest of your hair. And, uh, and, and then you can forget what, what got them there, or at least let it pass. That's my only possible explanation that Solomon is actually smart here, even though he didn't have any babies either. But he had 10,000 concubines, so he should have known something about having babies. Uh, God keeps you occupied with joy in your heart so that you don't remember the pain, so you're not thinking about the toil, so you're not worried about your future. Because in joy, you have the hope of Christ. In joy, you have the love of Christ. In joy, you have the eternity of Christ. These things are yours, and they can take away your thoughts about your toils. That's what Solomon is offering here. He's reminding us of where comes our hope, and where comes our joy, and where comes our eternal life. These things are in Christ. These things are gifts of God, and these things are eternal that cannot be taken from you, not ever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.